0: You're listening to Story Power, the podcast dedicated to disruptive storytelling. These are the stories of everyday people changing the world. I'm your host, Jen Kinney. Welcome. Welcome to the show, Camille. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: Tell us about who you are. And if you had to write your bio, what would you say about yourself?
1: Well, um, I'm Camille Kirksey. I'm a wife and mom. I'm a homeschooler. I'm an author. I'm a mompreneur these days. I'm a, a novice gardener. I had my first garden last year, and I'm excited to get started. I'm just—I really call myself a, a mother hen. I like to to be with my people and take care of my people, um, and that really extends from my family into my homeschool community and beyond. And I'm just somebody who really loves homeschooling and loves talking about it. And so when you uh, asked me to come on and talk about it, I was ready to do it. So <laughs> that's me that's in awesome. a nutshell.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I did. I reached out to you. So I know you through a mutual friend, Lindsay, who is with the Relatable Homeschoolers. And I've learned a lot from Lindsay, and I've learned a lot from Harmony, and they've been hugely helpful in my own journey. So when I started homeschooling, I kind of referred to myself as the reluctant homeschooler i had to do it because one of my children in particular had very serious medical issues and we were at the hospital in cincinnati so much that i just decided you know i need to do this i need to homeschool i had all of these ideas about it all of these negative ideas and it was really interesting because when we started homeschooling and sometimes i need to think back to this i had two children who were on the verge of, I think, some really problematic behavior and internal emotional wounds just from their schooling experience. And so within about six months of starting to homeschool my kids, I saw such a complete shift in the way they related to each other, in the way that they felt about themselves, their self-esteem went through the roof. So I didn't start out homeschooling. But here we are in this pandemic, and there are a lot of people who find themselves in what they think is homeschooling, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And also some people who have decided just to pull the plug on the internet school and dive into homeschooling. And so I love your page. And I would really like to hear about the intuitive homeschooler, how that started, what your goal and vision is for that community, and just what you offer and provide in that space.
1: Okay, so the uh, intuitive homeschooler is actually, I guess you can call a a rebranding. I've been homeschooling since 2013. And I've been uh, blogging uh, for probably about the same amount of time, maybe 2014. So I've always chronicled this journey, and I just did it because I don't know. I just felt like I should. It's really, it, it really wasn't like for myself personally to look back, but I guess just being a black homeschooler, I wanted to let other you know black and brown homeschoolers know that we're out here. Um, because I was lucky to find a lot of Black homeschool moms when I started. I, the introduction to homeschooling, because I had never heard about it before 2013, was through a Black homeschool mom that I just happened to see on Facebook. And I reached out and she was just gracious enough to talk to me. I, I found that to be so helpful and comforting um, and empowering, really. So I started blogging and then I was blogging under Homeschooling in the D because I'm we're based in Detroit and we were homeschooling in the day. So it kind of made sense. And, you know, that's where I first kind of got my taste of this larger community, because, you know, when you start, you unless you know someone, you're by yourself or it's specifically online. Um, I didn't I didn't really realize like after the fact how many people around me were homeschooling. So I kind of just started out because I wanted to be not the face, but a face for other people that looked like me and maybe came across my page and like, oh, Black people do this thing? Um, so it kind of started with that and it turned into over my journey, uh, these almost eight years now, into this, this personal endeavor to use homeschooling as my own way of evolving as a person. And I just found so many parallels between homeschooling and just life. There was something that lit me up for my children, but I found that I was just learning or relearning so many things for myself. So I made the switch from kind of talking about the traditional homeschool things like, you know, what we're reading this week or, you know, um, what my homeschool room looks like. And I moved more into this introspective personal walk through this thing (laughs) that seems so intimidating. And when I started just speaking about The things that really aren't talked about with homeschooling, like how much you have to change to be able to really do this thing long term. That was the sweet spot for me to build a a real community, because before that, it was just, you know, us moms supporting each other, following each other's page. But it was really surface. And until I made that connection and started sharing it, I didn't have. The community that I have now. And so now it's all about going deeper, asking these questions, looking at ourselves. I guess my thing I always tell my people is what I say, you know, they're my friends. Um, And I'm truthful and honest with my friends. And so I want them to look at everything that's happening as if it's for them as well. It's not just for the kids. So that's kind of what I do. I just kind of lay the truth as I see it out there. And it seems to resonate and really help other moms realize what is really going on here that rarely really has anything to do with the kids.
0: That is so good. And it resonates so much because seriously, like you, you are trained to think a certain way about how education should be approached. And we tend to, when we're not sure what to do and we don't have a plan in place, we tend to gravitate toward just what we know. And a lot of what we know, we need to unlearn. Right. right. And so when I yes. first started it, I'm like, okay, basically homeschool is going to look like my picture of public school and it was yep. so incredibly stressful for me mm-hmm. <laughs> it was oh because i'm like how can i do this how can i keep up with all of this i've all of these expectations where are these expectations coming from and it probably mm-hmm. took me about 6 months and um my friend harmony really helped me with you know connecting me with some books and just some different ideas about getting creative And approaching education in a way that makes it work for you and makes it work for your children. And I really hit a wall in terms of Mm -hmm. my own internal battle and demons, you know, like, okay, I have all these expectations and all these emotions and all this stuff. And you're so right, like how do you deal with that how do you how do you get in touch with that and process through that if not within the context of a loving honest truth telling community of people seeking to do the same so this idea that you are like what you're doing is just like wow
1: well thank you it wasn't it, it just evolved into that and cuz just my personal journey of learning about myself it started probably two thousand yeah twenty thirteen. It probably was the same cause I just had my son, my second son, in two thousand twelve. And I started wanting to know like how I can turn okay, so what I did was I wrote down my ideal day. Cause what I realized is that in order to get to this space where I wanted to be that included the people I wanted and the things I wanted to do. At that point I didn't know it was homeschooling that was going to be like the catalyst. But I wrote down my ideal day and that kind of got me started going to this direction. And it always came back to me. You know, everything I went out, I everything was like, okay, well how do I do this? And but then it turned back, well, why are you doing what you're doing? And if you're doing something that you don't like, the question is not how to do it, it's like, well, why am I doing it? And in answering that question, I can figure out different ways to go about it. So until you really see most people don't think like that because we're we're taught to think externally, like to go to Google, to go to Alexa, to go to, you know, teacher and mom and pastor and all these different places. Oh, yeah. I think we we really have to be more intuitive and to trust ourselves. Um, And to go inward first. And then when you have somewhat of an idea, then you can ask better questions and get better answers and, you know, go forward faster. But it starts with us first. And I think that's that's the switch that you kind of have to see somebody do to be like, oh, (laughs) I don't have to read all these books if I haven't checked in with myself first. You know, everything is out there. But it starts in here, you know, and that's just that's just not the status quo. So once I figured that out and I trusted myself enough to go through that process of like you said, it's that battle. You know, it's like this. You're in the middle and this is this person you want. You know, you're supposed to be, but you just don't know how to cross over. For me, it started with trusting myself and and knowing that the process will work out. But that's scary you know oh yeah you're very vulnerable
0: yeah it's terrifying because too you have these children and you think i am right clearly ruining them forever yes right but i remember (laughs) when i first got into homeschooling i just i went to this homeschool page that i had a lot of respect for and i just put it out there like tell me what to do and and i wanted everybody Mm -hmm. to come in and be like okay jen you go with this math curriculum, you go with this history curriculum, you go with this <laughs> geography, you know, and like and lay it out. Yeah. And hands yeah, down, yeah. the best advice I got from people was stop and drop everything, take six weeks and do nothing. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> I'm not doing any All of this, right. this wild unschooling i mean you guys are mad and now i would say i'm more unschooling than anything
1: that's where you end up (laughs) four years into it right
0: but um but yeah Yeah. it was that that was such a helpful thing for me because that allowed me to kind of check into myself more and yeah like ask Mm -hmm. like what is what is important here what is the value what is my goal what do i want to do so this just really resonates so much with me.
1: You know, only veterans who are honest are going to tell you that because in, especially with homeschool groups, cause that's where I came in at where home, the homeschool groups are very, very different now. Um, they're, they're just not the same now, unfortunately, especially with the amount of people that really need, you know, good advice. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, there, there, it's just not the same, but when I came in, it was a lot of veterans that they were the majority of the groups. and so anything I came in before they answered my question, they would get clarity. So if I came in saying, okay, my five-year-old, what you know, what reading curriculum should I be doing? or you know, what what should my schedule be like? All the things that you ask when you're new and you don't even know what questions you should really be asking. And they were the ones to say, okay, well, what are you really trying to do? Or what's the goal here? Or why are you trying to make a five-year-old do this at all? You know, stuff that I never even, I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, it's a, it's it just blows your mind because they've been there and they're like, no, that's, that's not even the right question. You know? So when you're new, you don't even know, you think you're asking the right questions to get the answers that you think you're supposed to have, but you're not even It's not even there. And I think that is the barrier that so many people have trouble crossing because you think you're supposed because you're going by school rules. You know, you're trying to do the school at home thing, thinking that, oh, we'll just have a little bit more fun when it's a whole completely different lifestyle. It's a different mindset that you have to go through and no one can we can help you. But you have to go through just like, you know, having a baby, however you go through it, no matter what people tell you or what you watch on TV or read in books, your experience is going to be unique. You know, so it's good to have somebody that you can look to. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to what, what what you experience and how you respond to it.
0: Yeah, so what would you say, and I hesitate to ask the question because I don't want to get too stuck in, like, methodology, right? But, like, what would Mm -hmm. you say your style of homeschooling is?
1: I mean, I just leave it at eclectic because I don't, I don't, I pull from a lot. Like, when I started, I was probably, I was fascinated, kind of obsessed for a minute with, like, Waldorf and, like, that philosophy, unschooling. I love that um, so I kind of started off at these extremes. <laughs> um, and then I kind of was like, okay, well, those aren't working probably more my fault than the kids and, and the the process. So now it's just more eclectic and really minimalistic. I'm very, very minimal. I don't do a whole bunch because I trust that the kids will, will do, will end up where we need to end up, but I, I don't invest as much time or as, I don't give as much Credence to the style as I do, just my response to the kids and whatever they need. Mm, you know, that's really good. I hope that makes
0: sense? I yeah. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Initially, and and when my kids were, you know, before they were in school, I would do like I would try to pay attention to what are they interested in, and then I would go with that. Mm-hmm. So if one son was yep. really into the solar system, okay, we're going to find videos on this. We're going to find books on this. We're going to find you know, hands on stuff and, and just really dig into that. So I've always gone with more of like a child led philosophy, but I find myself now because mm-hmm. my kids are in grade five and they kind of want to try out sixth grade in a public school and I'm open to okay. it. But because of that, I find mm-hmm. myself in this space of like, Oh, shoot! Are they caught up? You know, I know that yeah. if long term, if I was doing this for the long term, I wouldn't worry about that, and so i kind right. of I right. kind of hate that about that. Mm-hmm. um, but are yeah. you a lifelong homeschooler then?
1: I am not um life is life, and you never know yeah. um, but I would like to go through you know eighth grade, whatever and you can't see that but eighth grade <laughs> um. Because I find that, you know, I think I would feel personally just more comfortable to know that they can handle the things that high school can bring. So I don't really at this point, I haven't seen a reason to do because my my oldest is 13. So he would he would be going to public school or school, whatever, if he wanted to go to high school next year, technically. But for me, I don't see the value in Sending my kids before high school. I think at high school is when you have to practice letting them make those decisions because they've had enough experience and I, I've been able to pour into them enough. Um, so by the time it, you know they get to that point, they definitely have a say. Um, and I think I would feel more comfortable. If if I thought that their path required them to go there, so you know, like some class, some schools are specifically for certain careers. So if I found a school, if my my child wanted to be, you know, in the medical profession, and there was a school that had a very good program, that I think they would get more exposure and and be able to network better. But other, I don't I, personally, I just don't like high school. To me, should be like you know, your first couple years of college, where you kind of just get a lot of the basic adulting type stuff out the way. And then you're just able to spend time doing what you want. You know, so I mean, I wouldn't talk them out of it. But I would be like, well, this is the fun part, y'all. Like, you know, a lot of these programs are for older kids. And, you know, so but if to answer the question, high school would probably be be when I feel the most
0: comfortable. See, I love that. That's really kind of helping me because I'm vacillating on this. And I feel like, mm-hmm. well, they want to, I want to give that to them, but they are only mm-hmm. going into sixth grade. And so mm-hmm. I have, I have a question there that I have to wrestle with, you know?
1: Yeah. I really think it depends on the kids in the school. Like if, yeah. some, you know, some schools, because I'm not an anti-school person, I think, you, you know, sure. you really have to decide, you know, until they can make decisions on their own and they have a clear path, you have to make the decision. Um, but there, for me, there's no school that I find because I've looked, I've, I have looked because you, like you talked about hitting that wall, I've hit the wall a couple times. <laughs> I'm looking for schools because um, <laughs> that's just real, you know. That's part of that process too that people don't really talk about that burnout. I mean that that was a, a catalyst for me turn, you know, changing my name and and go on this different path. Um, but, yeah, if there was a school that could meet the needs and, and you felt like your child. Because at the end of the day, you can always pull them back. You know, if it didn't work, you can pull them back. Um, but, yeah, it is a question. All, and I think, you you know, everybody has to be honest, because I think if you say we have we're going to homeschool all the way through, I think you may be setting yourself up for some trouble. You know, because what if what if something happens just life? You know, not so much with the kids, but what if something happens with you know, money or and they
0: have to go to school. That's a good point. You know. Yeah.
1: So I never want to be so, you know, narrow minded to say I'm only going to do things one way. But if I have a choice, high school would probably be what I would choose for them if they wanted to go.
0: That's just that's cool. So yeah. right now, uh, like, everybody listening is pretty much in a situation where they feel like they're homeschooling, or they have been homeschooling. I know, depending on the mm-hmm. state that you're in, you might have kids that are going back part-time, full-time, or completely at home. And I've seen two different phenomenon at this point. So I see, like, In the beginning, everybody was praising homeschooling parents. Like, oh my gosh, we see how hard this is. This is horrendous. And I never want to do this ever in my entire life. Or you have the other side that's like, oh, I think I could do this and I see my child thriving. I see them in a situation where they're not as stressed and they're not as depressed. And so part of me wants to reach out to the first group and say, no, 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 it's really not that hard in the way that you're thinking because what you're doing is you're having to conform to the public school situation in your home and you're likely working as well. And then to the other side of that, I think I really want to speak to the parents who think maybe they should homeschool, but they're on the Mm -hmm. fence about it, and they feel like it might be too hard, but they see that their child could really benefit emotionally and psychologically. What do you think about that? Like, what would you have to say to these situations?
1: Well, so when the pandemic first started, you know, that was the thing. Like, everybody, like you said, everybody was talking about homeschoolers and that they're homeschooling but they really weren't and they they just weren't clear on the on what it what it was you know so i took the position of initially trying to help that one side that was trying to dis- do distance learning and trying to figure out the balance between their working you know schedule and their kid's schedule and all that I tried that. But what I found was that we were speaking two different languages because my philosophy is 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 not going to mesh well. So if I tell you that, you know, you you can just slow down, take your time, you know, do child led, follow that. And and you're trying to use that philosophy in the system. I think that's going to make it harder. So I actually put a blog post out that was it was a bigger bigger draw because I said, you know, homeschoolers cannot save the world. We can't come in and swoop in and tell you how to do school at home because what you're doing is different than what, what we do, how whatever style we use. So it was really apples and oranges when I tried to talk to those parents because what I was telling them was not helpful. Um, but then the other side is where I tend to put my energy um, with the parents who want to cross that bridge and want to take that leap and really just you know need the confidence or or need to to know that they can those are the ones that that typically find me and then i guess my style of not just giving you the practical side of it but giving you the mental physical emotional spiritual side of it is the scariest but i think it's the most it might be the most appealing because it's probably if, if you've never thought to homeschool or if you kind of, cause I saw a lot that always wanted to homeschool and never, you know, just were, was afraid, but now you're thrown into it. It, it kind of is like, Oh, okay. Now is this opportunity to do these things that I, I wanted as a student or I've seen that might benefit my kid because I see them every day and I know what they're doing. Um, so, you know, I know people, you know, kind of were like, well, that's not really a kind thing to do to not help the distance learners. But I just found that what I was telling them wasn't helpful. And so the information I share are for homeschoolers who want to do it long term. Everybody has a different opinion on that because you can say, you know, we take it year to year and, you know, that's great. My brand is to talk to the long, the ones that are planning to be into it, uh, you know, long term. Because this is, a, as I say, it's a journey. It's an everyday showing up, growing together thing. And and if you plan to put your child back in school, I think it'll be kind of hard to do that, whether, you know, I just haven't found where, like you said, the child-led learning part of it, like going at their own pace and following their interests and pursuing their passion. I just don't see how that translates to school, to, you know, to public or private so I, I hate that I can't help everybody, but I, you know, I, I try to spend my time with people that um, if I pour into them, it'll, it'll have like a, a better return on investment. Yeah. You yeah, know?
0: absolutely. It makes sense. And I really appreciate this vision of, you know, like the communal process and I mm-hmm. wish like listening to you talk about what you do and these lessons that you've learned and that I have sort of stumbled into myself over years, I wish I had had this knowledge when I first started. It was those veterans telling me to stop and drop everything that really helped me. Um, But even then, I didn't fully understand the internal journey that I would be taking and going on and what I'd be confronting. And I don't want to get into that too much because part of me is like, I don't want to scare listeners away. You know, be like, well, forget (laughs) this. 2020 sucked. (laughs) I don't need any more challenges. Right. But seriously, for those who are listening, one, I want to say that homeschooling is very different from what you've experienced. And if you think, even have the slightest inkling that your child would benefit from making that change. You can do that, you know, like this would be a great and easy time to do that in a sense. And with Camille's page and community and different communities that exist all over the country. There are so many resources and so many people willing to connect and reach out and help. And I just think like, Mm -hmm. I have a friend who has kids and one of her children was just really struggling very seriously with like depression and suicidal ideations. And it broke my heart because for her, she just didn't feel like she could homeschool her child. And no matter how yeah. much I tried to say, like, really, it's not as hard as you think, and you can do this. And, you know, and all this, um, she, you know, in the end, decided against it. And that may change. But I'm seeing so many of these people now, you know, kind of come out and say, like, I think my kid needs this for mental health. And that mm-hmm. is there's nothing more important in my mind than that. Yeah, and so I just hope this empowers people to take that step and and do that. Or for those of you who are on the ship already and going, I want off. I'm not doing this next year. Maybe this is something different than that they can connect to and start to dig into.
1: Yeah, because you know I think too uh, the difference is uh, the people who were not homeschooling before were thrown into it, and those of us who started before chose it. It was a, a calculated decision even if it was because of, you know, your your child struggling in school or a move or, you know, something else spurred it. At the end, you chose it. I um, mean, a lot of people feel a lot of people came to it in a way that was stressful and it felt like either I send my kid to school to possibly get this deadly virus or I keep them at home not knowing what I'm doing. You know, you're like a rock in a hard place. I wrote this book, Coming Home, A Quick and Practical Guide for Preparing a Mother's Heart, Mind, and Home for Homeschooling. Um, and I wrote that during the pandemic. I wrote it last year. Wow. And the reason I wrote it was because of the frenzy. And I wanted to shout from the rooftops, you guys, you don't need to make it harder. And you don't, you're not asking the right questions. <laughs> um and it and and so I wrote this book to do just what it says. It my view of the steps of homeschooling begin with your heart first, um, with your mind second, and then your home. So in my view, your heart. Is what drives this thing. I think you know, in society, we've been taught that it's all a mental game. We have to think ourselves into and out of situations. Uh, But I found that whatever your wherever your heart is, your mind goes. Mm. So I start with the heart, and I just kind of lay it out. And one of the things that I talk about um, is your role. Your role, and I've I've shared this. This is is not something um, I just have in the book. I share on on my page over time that your role is not to be a teacher. So that is a controversial thing, maybe like a bad word in, um, in homeschool as far as I'm concerned, because I don't call myself a teacher. I'm not a teacher. Um, that is not my role. It's part of what I do. But my role is to be their mom. And so as a mom, that is a huge umbrella of things that fall under that. I am their ally. I'm the advocate. I'm their teacher in some ways. They teach me a lot more than I teach them, I think. Um, I'm all the things. So I think the shift that people have gotten from my book and just my page has, like that mental shift has been, I don't have to be a teacher. I don't have to be the one that leads the way all the time. I don't have to have all the answers. I don't have to have this experience powerful. to do this thing. And so I think once you realize that and you not only realize because when I came in and like you came in, the veterans were able to help me, but those everyday situations of how to do it, what it can look like, I didn't I didn't see it. All I saw was like the pretty homeschool rooms and you know, the the like huge volumes of books that were read. But like, how do I get there? And I think it starts with your heart and realizing that being a mom is enough. You were trusted with these children, however they came to you. So you have what it takes, you're equipped. So now you just need to realize that, accept it, and then allow whatever lesson they bring to you most of the time or whatever, wherever it comes from, allow that to teach you how to do it. It's really a process of trusting yourself, trusting that whatever lessons or whatever, whatever happens, I'm going to use it to, like I was saying earlier, to, to, I'm going to use it to, um, to push us forward because in my opinion, nothing happens by accident. Everything, everyone, people find me at the time that they're ready to stop. They're ready to break. They've already broken. And they restore themselves because they're able to reframe a lot of this stuff. And, you know, another thing that we talk about is de-schooling. That is such a hot topic when it comes to homeschool, new homeschoolers. And like when you were saying, you asked, you know, how do I do this thing? Um, And, you know, stop. Well, life doesn't stop. Kids don't stop. You need to like have something going on because some kids, they, if they're on a the TV or they're doing stuff, it becomes too much. So they can't just be on a computer all the time or whatever. Right. Um, but you know, deschooling is a process that takes longer than six weeks. It's not a week for every year or whatever the equation is. It's a lifelong process. So if you can come into it knowing that being a mom is good enough, is more than good enough, um, you know, loving your kids is the foundation of this thing, you know, and then knowing that this de-schooling process is really a lifelong thing. It is not, you know, it is not limited to just the academics or the educational part of homeschooling. It's really there to, to help you along and to help you learn with them. And so I think the pressure that people feel outside of just not knowing what this thing looks like. It's because they feel like they have to accept this role and they have to undo all the things that have taken 20, 30 years to condition them to do. So that's what I work on with, you know, just like my public uh, community, with my private community. We work on breaking down those barriers, those, that mindset shift Cause once you once you can accept like oh it doesn't have to look like that and here's what it could look like, that stress kind of melts away.
0: Wow, just listening to you is like doing something to my heart, you know. And just like hearing this, okay. this idea that I just need to be a mom like right away, yeah. and and I kind of know that I've been doing this for four years, but right away this stress lifted off my shoulders, you know, and it because you know. Right. (laughs) It's like, okay, I know how to be a mom. I can be a mom. And this idea that love is at the center of this. How powerful, how powerful is that? (laughs) And it got me thinking about like our nervous systems, right? And when I think back to when they first started homeschooling again, and just the way their nervous system kind of calmed. And if we think about Mm -hmm. how well do we learn in environments where our nervous system is at ease yeah. and at peace mm-hmm. right and how much yep. children are created to learn and what they can learn from i'm going to grab this book and i mean i bought my kids this series of books called like disgusting science or something recently okay and there were probably 24 books and it mm. was disgusting what i learned um for sure but it's <laughs> funny cuz they're 10-year-old boys and they're like they love gross things but yeah. my one son just sat and read science books all day, every day for like two weeks. And at the uh-huh. end of it, he's talking to me about how he wants to be uh, an infectious yeah. disease specialist, like oh. he wants to yeah. study disease. And I could have in that two week period been like, you know what, we got to get these books done. We got to do this, we got to do this. And I saw your post, actually, I don't know if it was today mm-hmm. or yesterday, where it's like, making, making a <laughs> I joke a little bit about like the parent who's, you know, oh my gosh, my kids just totally focused on this one thing and this one thing only, and, and I need to kind of break yeah. them away from it. It's like, no, no, let them right. go, right? Because yes. at the end of that yeah. two week science book binge, they may want to be an epidemiologist. I mean, that's pretty cool, right?
1: right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But we're so used to having to do something. I have to teach them, I have to lead them. When he probably learned more from just reading on his own than he ever could have learned from whatever you put in front of him. Um, and that's really one of the reasons I burned out back, in, back, what, maybe three years ago. It wasn't that long ago because I, I did that. I followed the passion and I, I tried to use that to school them and they flat out rejected it. I spent probably a month you know, making a detailed outline and pulling video links. And I mean, haven't we all done this? And they just swatted every single thing I did. And I was, and that's when I started looking for schools. Cause I was like, wait a minute, I'm following their lead. And I'm doing, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get out of the way. I'm just going to get out of the way. And that's exactly what you did. You're like, you know what? He is going to learn so much. And even if I feel like I need to to do something, he'll let me know. And then he came out saying he wants to be a doctor and study diseases. Like that's amazing. It's amazing when we step back and just let them show us.
0: Oh, <laughs> so we never
1: yeah. we would have even done. Right, that is so cool.
0: It's February. This is the burnout mm-hmm. season for homeschoolers and so and i forgot about that which is another light bulb moment for me because i'm kind of like i'm done but i did i started out january so here here i'm talking about how great i was with letting my kid you know lead his education and then january 1st hit and we sat down with the kids with like this entire list of this is how life is going to go and they have been doing nothing but pushing back on that. And so listening yep. to you talk I'm like I'm still making these same mistakes, right? But yeah, for you, you yep. hit a wall 3 years ago. What was it for mm-hmm. you that recentered you or when you hit that wall, do you have a particular practice in place that helps you just kind of recenter and get it back together?
1: You know, when I hit the wall, I realized that I was trying to control things too much. And it came from I, it, it came from anxiety. So as I've gotten older, I've realized a lot of the things that I thought were just like type A things or um, I'm just really efficient type things were really born out of anxiety. It was a worry of I'm not doing enough or I need to be doing this. And, and, and once, I, once I was able to realize that, okay, this is anxiety speaking. And to me, anxiety is fear. Because what I've learned just my personal, personal journey um, is that there's two things. There's fear and there's love. Fear feels not so good. It feels like I can't. Whereas love feels like I can and I will, and everything supports me when I do that. So I think it wasn't a, you know, like today I'm burning out and okay, I, I'm, love is going to save the day and, you know, everything's going to be good. I think it was just a process of, you know, that, uh, that, that acknowledgement, okay, I'm feeling fearful. Why? what am I afraid of? What's the worst that can happen? What do I need to do to go forward? And I just had to let go. I just had to let go of all of this, this worry and this, and it it didn't, it did not happen overnight. And I can't tell you that it was one, a one time thing. Um, but it gave me the insight, hitting the wall so hard like I did, it gave me the insight to now when I see, okay, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling like we're kind of getting off track or, you know, it, it gave me permission to sh- make these small changes. So, like for example, um, a lot of we go all year round. Um, and that was a change we started back then that we did keep with because. It was too stressful coming back from big breaks, big long breaks, because, um, you know, it's, the weekend could be an enough break for kids to act like brand new, like they don't like what we're doing school like we were just doing this on Friday. It's Monday. Uh, so when we were coming back from like summer, it was just Two, three weeks of just nonstop frustration. Um, So what I decided was that, okay, I would do the six weeks on one week off thing because that's what I saw veteran homeschoolers do. So we would do our schoolwork, you know, set schedule for six weeks and then, um, well, rhythm, it's not a schedule. And then we would um, be off a week. Mm -hmm. I was doing that for probably two years. And then that's when I started noticing the signs of burnout. I'm getting more Mm -hmm. frustrated. I feel like I have other stuff to do in my life that I can't get to. You know, like the housework feels too hard. And all those things were my ahas along the way. Like, okay, you're heading towards where you were doing before. And you're trying Mm -hmm. to do too much and control too much. So you need to move from six weeks on, one week off, to five weeks on, one week off. Oh. Okay. that was a game changer, that simple shift, because what I noticed is that fifth week or that sixth week is where I was losing it. Yeah. And that was my clue to say, oh, maybe if we just take away that week (laughs) and make that the break week, that'll give me enough, you know, to nourish myself, to get myself back on track. So then we can get back to it that following. So that that I just figured that out probably the last year yeah, about the last year. Um, and so it's those little small moments that's like, you're just mad for no reason. <laughs> you know, like everything feels harder. It feels like you're pulling teeth and like, it's not fun. It's not joyful. It's not, you know, you loathe it. That's when you know you're heading towards burnout. That's how I, and that's how, you know, the people I work with, my mentees and and the community, it's those little things. It's not all of a sudden you hit a wall. You know, it's those little things that you have to pay attention to um, along the way. And then you can prevent yourself because you notice it. But then it takes the courage to, okay, what do I need to change? Right. And most of the time, it's not something with the kids. Most of the time, it's something with us.
0: You know, this is so tough and so good and powerful and true. And it's like, oh. So many aha moments for me in this of just like, yes, of course. Like, and I, and I know these things and I try to practice them. Um, but you know what I don't have is I don't have homeschool community at this point in my life. And Mm -hmm. that is. That's making a big difference, I think. Cause just listening to you talk about this, I'm, I'm coming back to the importance of and needing community for this to keep me encouraged, to keep me going, you know, cause I get to a certain point. I'm like, Oh, I've done this now for four years. I should know this. A lot of shoulds, a lot of stuff there. Um, for 2021, I decided that like I started picking a word for the year and my word this year is rhythm. And uh-huh. it just, it comes to me with this as well. Like, how do I get into a rhythm? And I like this idea of the five week, one week, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Just a little yeah. thing for me that I'm really challenged by. So this is really mm-hmm. awesome. Now, do you mind if I read a little bit of one of your recent um, posts on Facebook? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so it's Black History Month. Right now, we're midway through February, and on February 1st, you posted something. Um, and you wrote, it's 2021. To wait until February to include the achievements of Black people in your homeschool lessons is irresponsible, to say the least. I won't enable any homeschoolers practicing this kind of behavior on my watch. This isn't just because I'm Black. It's because educating children in the truth requires as much. And you go on to talk about why Black History Month was created, and you talk about Black history as world history, it's American history, it's local history, religious history, and human history. And challenging people to tell the stories of Black people not separately, but sewn into the fabric of history itself. And that was really powerful for me. Um, when I started homeschooling four years ago and being really heavily into uh, a journey toward learning about and becoming very anti-racist in an embodied way, meaning my most important thing was within myself and then within my family and my children. And so honestly, for the first year, I was excited because I... I looked at myself, and this, this is connected to something you said earlier about we get to be moms, right? Like we're the mothers, we're not the teachers. I also felt like a co-learner. And I was excited because all of the history that I realized I didn't know, that I didn't learn, you know, the whitewashed history that I had learned growing up even in fancy private schools that were supposed to be, you know, good schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excited to learn alongside my children. And so I was able to introduce Black history into their lives that started at the origins of humanity and went through ancient African empires and, you know, and all of these things and to build a framework for them of understanding Black history on a broad scale. They weren't even introduced to enslavement and the horrors of enslavement in this country until historically it was You know, the time and space. And that has been such a powerful thing. So for you as a homeschooler, what advice would you give to people? What resources might you point them to? Um, I'm not sure the right questions in that, but, uh, it's such a powerful and important point. And the thing that I realized as a homeschooling parent is this is my opportunity to really impact and shape the future generation. And I wanted mm-hmm. to do that well, but even four years ago, like when I started, the resources weren't really available. I had to work so hard to find a curriculum that was decolonized. And now I'm mm-hmm. so excited. I got, um, I ordered it was a DK book and it's black history timeline starting with the origins of oh. humanity. And I was like, oh. this didn't exist oh, four it years ago.
1: No, no, it did not. No.
0: So That's I true. was super excited. My friend Delina McFall from Woke Homeschooling had posted something mm-hmm. on, you know, Instagram. I was like, "I'm buying it." So, what do you? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? How did people respond to that? What kind of feedback did you get? Um, it
1: was overwhelmingly positive to that post. Um, it was a lot of new people that weren't familiar with me that found me through that post that were very thankful um, for that post. Um, there, you know, I got a, a few. Interesting characters that came through on the post. Oh, um, some and I ended up doing a live about gaslighting. I mean, that's another real thing oh. um, that you know, black or not even just black, but just people in general. Anytime you're saying something that somebody doesn't like, you know, I had that experience, and you know, my thing is, um, I I am inherently a teacher. I, I'm, I've always wanted, if I know something and it's in, in the right context and opportunity, I will share with pretty much anybody who will listen. Um, so I looked at it as not, I wasn't upset, but I looked at it as an opportunity to encourage my community to, um, you know, root those people out, you know, engage with those people to let them know that's not going to happen in your space. Um, and we suffocate that noise. So that's kind of, you know, how I handled that. But as far as you know, Black History Month and, and, you know, acknowledging the accomplishments or just the humanity and the existence of Black people um, prior to slavery, just as a Black person growing up in a Black city who went to private school, who went to public school, who went to college and did all the right things, quote unquote, um, for me to come into my 40s and just now, just now learn about the things you just spoke of. Of course, I knew, but I didn't know. You know, in Detroit, I always saw a Black mayor. I always saw Black judges. I always saw representation here. And even growing up, watching the Cosbys and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And I always saw myself in all these spaces. But when it came to history, I only saw myself in, you know, in enslavement. Or in civil rights movement, it was always a struggle. Um, So that's what I knew. So I had to, I think, I think one of the things that is, is misunderstood is that black people know our history too. No, we don't. And that white people get a better version of history because they get their history. Well, no, they don't, because everybody's getting the whitewashed version that's not true. All of us, you know, and it was purposely done that way through what was it? The Daughters of the Daughters uh, of like Confederacy. People. Yeah. Yeah. The lost so cause. So, you know, when they say school. Yes. When they say school isn't working, it's failing. No, school is doing what it's supposed to do because that curriculum was set Way before even our parents were born, you know, so we're still struggling with that. But I do like the strides that I see with like the 1619 Project and just representation being at the forefront outside of Black History Month. Um, I think Black History Month should be celebrated. um, But I think I would like to see a day when it doesn't have to be. Um, it, it can just be part of the story. When I go and I was just listening, I listened to different podcasts. Now this is not for children, but I listen to, it's called behind the bastards and mm-hmm. it's about all these men, basically, and most of them were white men throughout history. And it talks about the Hitlers. It talks about the Stalins, the Mussolini's, and it talks about people you never even heard of that actually impact our day to day. Like it, I'm listening to one that is about insurrections around the around the world, wow. and there was one that was uh, an attempted at insurrection in the in France they tried to go through the Capitol, it was almost exactly like what happened on, on January 6th. It, it it was, the parallels were were crazy. So, you know, when it comes to Black history, I think it's important to highlight Black history, but I also want to see all history. I, I just don't want to mm-hmm. see it separated out. I want to see the truth full on in my face, as ugly as it is, because mm-hmm. the only way I really can see us healing um, just like as my culture and just as Americans and as world citizens is if we are ready to see the truth, if we Amen. can show. And that's another thing when it comes to children, we want to shield them. And even, even as a black parent in the city of Detroit, I, I shield my children from a lot of the stuff that people feel like, well, you know, they need to know from the beginning. I think there's a way to do it. You know, I think there's a way to introduce history in a way that's factual, that's not as graphic, um, but still gives them a good basis. So when they get older and they can understand and they can make those connections on their own, um, then they'll be able to work from, you know, from a good a good base. But just as a as a person who's gone through the system. Um, and it's black, and I've always been proud to be black and learn about black people. I want to learn about it all, and so that's mm-hmm. my approach with my kids. I, I don't se- we don't celebrate Black History Month. We just celebrate black people every day, and yeah. we celebrate history every day. And I think that's the narrative that needs to be out there. That history is just history. It's not, you know, indigenous history or Hispanic history. It's just it's just fact. Right, and take the emotion out of it. You know, we don't. It doesn't have to, but it, you know, and, and I, I'm not naive. Until it can be that way, Black History Month has to stay. You know, Hispanic mm-hmm. History Month, Women's History Month, all these months they have to stay because the it's important to make sure you know, all of these different factions are represented. And that's the way it has to be right now. And I'm totally fine with that, too. I just don't want that to be the only way. And the only time you bring out Harriet Tubman and Martin Luther King Jr. and, you know, Rosa Parks and all the typical things, uh, typical people that we like to,
0: to talk about. Yeah, well, and to go deeper. Like, I love the challenge that, you know, to to have this woven through your history curriculum. But so many Mm -hmm. people, like you're saying, don't know it enough. And earlier I had said that, you know, one of the things we do oftentimes is we default to what we know. Well, what we know (laughs) is whitewashed history. What we Mm -hmm. know is colonial settler, you know, narrative of the world. And so Mm -hmm. how can we teach our kids anything different? We really need to have, you know, access to each other, resources, information, sharing those things. Um, and I love what I'm seeing just in the four years that I've been doing this in growth of resources and, and, um, and books and curriculum and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my challenge to any of the people who are listening who are white in particular is to, go absolutely out of your way to figure out what you can do and how you can incorporate these histories throughout so that we don't have to have this. And and also like the the idea of embodiment and disembodiment, I know these are hot words right now and they can annoy some people, but you know, like if we're going to work for our fullness of our humanity, how do we Mm -hmm. relegate something to one month that in itself is like a dehumanizing thing right that's not the fullness of humanity and um so i love just the picture i would say like the whole theme of this conversation today really has been like wholeness wellness Mm -hmm. um you know and just like the looking at the whole body the spirit the emotion the mind you know and all of that together and i really appreciate the way that you uh, have encouraged me into more mindfulness as a parent who is homeschooling my kids.
1: Yeah, I, w- I was going to say uh, an easy way I think, because it's kind of what I did um, on on situations with when it comes to history, but it can be applied to anything. Is you know, if you're studying the Civil War and and you're really trying to study it, right? Um, and, you know, when you go to Google, you go to YouTube, the first things that come up normally are about white soldiers and, (laughs) excuse me, and Abraham Lincoln and, you know, all these things. I think an easy question to be, to ask yourself is, well, who else was there? You know, who else was there? Because that will reframe your thinking. Because if you see one person, there has to be other people that were there. Where are the women? Where are the people of color? Where are the Black people? What was going on in other parts of the world while this was happening? You know, it, it it's, it's not as hard as we make it, but it is those simple shifts of, okay, what else was going on? I mean, because that broadens your horizons, literally, um, and can take you way further and way deeper. It, it can get crazy deep, you know? But I think we have to really our jobs as homeschool parents, um, you know, I hold us to a higher, a higher esteem. That's just, that comes with the terror story. I think when you're called to do this thing, and I think people are called, I don't think it's by accident that you fall into it. I think you're called to it. You are called to have a responsibility that is to be greater than, um, than other parents who, you know, aren't taking on as much as we are. So if you are the one that sets sets the tone and you take it upon yourself to set the curriculum, it's your, it is your job and it's your responsibility to go further than what you know. Because when we were in school, I mean, it was 20, what 30 years ago when I was in eighth grade or whatever. So much has happened. So we can't rely on, I think that's an easy way to to take the onus off of us is to go further. I think we have to be like, yeah. okay, this is what I learned, but what else has changed? Mm. <laughs> Cause there's so much in the internet is such a great thing. Cause you can just pop it in and all tell Black people during the civil war
0: right. or
1: women during the civil war. And then, you know, there's really no excuse at this point. You know, it's hard.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's good. It, but it, it's about yeah. being curious Right. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing, like even you just saying, hey, here are some three questions to ask. You know, it's like Mm
1: -hmm. because that's what we want for our kids. And that's a big thing. What I tell my community, we cannot expect our children to do these things we're not willing to do. So we can't say we want lifelong learners. Hello. And we're not lifelong learners. We can't say we want curiosity. We can't say we want kindness. We can't say we want, you know, whole children. And we're not trying to be whole adults. One of the things that I, I'll say that really Ooh. was a shift was when I listened, I think it was the guy that wrote Screen-Free Parenting. That's a great book. It was a great book. Um, during that time, I was struggling. Um, and I, I'm, I'm big on, I'm going to tell you if I'm struggling. I, I don't have that superwoman, that syndrome. I don't do that. It. Um, but he said something like parenting and... To me, homeschooling is just an extension of parenting. That's why I can just call myself a mom. I don't, it's not, I don't put my hat, hat on and take my hat off. I'm just, I just am, you know? Mm. But he said that parenting is your opportunity to heal yourself from childhood. Like, it's your opportunity to finish growing up. Oh. So if this is a deeper version, if parenting is, is the <sighs> core, and that homeschooling is a deeper version, then don't we have the responsibility To go inside and figure out all these things because it's only going to make everybody we touch better. So it's a lot and people run away from it. But, you know, if if anybody ends up following me, just just know what you in for, because that's what we do. We go deep, but you go with together. You're not by yourself because if you go in the comments and people are talking to each other. And it, it really is a sense of community because we don't get to talk about these things and we don't get to realize these things. That, you know, this is our journey, too. It's not just for our children.
0: Mm, Wow. This has been such an honor having this conversation with you. Where can people follow you? Tell us, like, do you have a Patreon community? I want to hear about your book again, what the name of it is, where people can get it. I just got my copy off of Amazon by Googling the the first part of the title and your name or by searching that way and it came right up Mm -hmm. and i got it and so that was exciting
1: i have a a my main blog and that'll kind of send you all over the internet it's the intuitive homeschooler.com there you can get links to i mean i have youtube instagram facebook those are the main three uh instagram uh, YouTube and Facebook. I'm the most active on Instagram and Facebook. I have my book, Coming Home, a quick and practical guide for preparing a mother's heart, mind, and home for homeschooling. Long title, but it, it tells you exactly what you're going to learn. Um, that is available through an ebook. I actually have, and this is on my blog, so you can get an ebook. Just the ebook. You can get the ebook and a companion workbook. And the companion workbook takes you through it. It just is a little bit deeper, It's asking you questions, It's giving you a place to journal. Um, it's all digital that can be it is instantly downloaded once you pay for it. That's on my on my blog too. Um, and then it is on Kindle and in paperback. With uh, Amazon, and yeah, the book is really for—I I initially wrote it for new, new people to homeschooling or people thinking about it. But I've had veterans read it. You know, one mom, she had a her first son graduated. From um, homeschooling, he's in college, and she read it and she said she would read it every summer because it would help her reset her mind to, to get ready for the next year. I love so that. I've been told this for all moms. It is my version of the first steps of homeschooling. So people ask, what is the curriculum I should buy? What's the schedule I should have? You know, how should my school room should be? And I say, none of those questions are right. Here are the things you need to focus on heart, mind, and home. And so I just take you through and I give you real life examples. I'm a real life mom. I've been through the multiple children and all that. And I don't, I don't want you to start trying to figure that out. I want you to get yourself right. So that's what the book is about. And I'm active all the time on Instagram and facebook so you can find me in in all over the web but specifically uh instagram and facebook
0: well camille thank you so much for coming on
1: thank you i was so i'm so excited to still be here this is a great conversation and i I hope it really helps someone out there